Welcome to the Building Bilingual Families podcast, where we help families fulfill their dream of speaking two languages in their home, in their communities, and abroad. Now, today I am with April Dykeman. She is a marketing consultant and copywriter who lives in Austin, Texas, and she lives there with her husband, Luis, and their almost two-year-old daughter. Now, her husband is a first-generation Spanish speaker, so they have a lot of family members who speak Spanish, many of them who live in Mexico and only speak Spanish. So her goal is that she really wants her daughter to be able to get to know them. And in addition, she had the experience as she was growing up of only being able to speak to her grandmother who only knew Spanish. And she wants to build that bridge across generations in her family with her daughter being able to speak the language. So welcome to the program, April. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Now, just starting, I think it's great to start with your experience of why you're here going back to when you were younger. Can you tell me a little bit more about what happened as a child that really inspired you that you want to have your daughter learn Spanish? Yeah, so um, I grew up, my my mother is Hispanic um, and my dad is white. So um, I grew up kind of having like this culture, like on one side of the family that wasn't on the other side. And so with my grandmother, my grandmother only, she was born here, but she only spoke Spanish. Um, and so she would speak Spanish to me and I would speak English back to her. And I understood what she was saying and she understood what I was saying, but neither of us were speaking like spoke the other language. Um, and so I kind of grew up with that way of being where like I understood Spanish, but I never really spoke it. Um, you know, I took Spanish in, in high school, but I mean, I don't know, Spanish language classes, just that's, that's really not the way to learn a language. Like you're not gonna learn it that way. Um, and so that was like, that was okay. And then um, I think she passed away like I, I, a few months actually I was, I had just um, become pregnant with Maya. My grandmother passed away. And I think now looking back on it, I, I often wonder like how I could have known her differently if I had been fluent, if I'd been speaking the same language as her. And so now with my daughter, um, you know, her grandfather only speaks Spanish um, and everybody on my husband's side of the family speaks Spanish. They either grew up speaking both or they live in Mexico and only speak that language. Um, and so it's really important to me that, that that sort of thing not repeat itself so that, you know, when she sees them, she can like fully converse, she can have a deeper relationship and just know them in a, in a different way, I should say, because I was very close to my grandmother, but um, I think it'd be easier for her to have a relationship with people she won't see as often if she can speak their language. Um, so that was really important. And there's also the, the connection to your heritage because you know, I grew up with some aspects of it, like there was some of the food, some of the culture, but not like my husband who grew up on the border, um, really on both sides, because he had family on both sides. Um, so there was a lot of that where I felt like, I felt like, okay, this is my culture, it's my heritage, but I don't fully understand it. I don't fully feel like I'm a part of it. And, and for me, I think the language was a big reason why it felt like there was this sort of separation. And I mean, luckily I fell in love with somebody who is in this culture. And so I now feel like more connected to it than ever. Um, so that's been really great, but it's, I, I definitely want her growing up and feeling that way and understanding like her heritage. Um, and then so I, I just, just like, 
Oh, sorry. No, um, no, go ahead. Just imagine, <laughs> you know, going back in time, thinking about you as a child and how that might have felt, you know, you said you felt a little separated. How did right. it feel when you were maybe at family gatherings and everyone is speaking Spanish, but did you feel confidence to speak Spanish yourself in those situations? And, and how so, did that feel? Yeah. So growing up, it was, there was, it wasn't a big deal to just be speaking English even because I was used to speaking English to my grandmother. So it was no big deal for me to just speak to her like that. She would speak to me. We would understand each other. And then um, even in my mom's family, there are varying levels of Spanish understanding. Like my uncle, her youngest brother will speak Spanish, but like his Spanish is awful. Like, <laughs> I mean, kudos to him for having the confidence to do it. But I remember one time, like hearing my uncle trying to speak Spanish to my grandma, his mother. And I was just like, oh man, why am I so worried about my Spanish? <laughs> so among his family, not like growing up, I didn't really feel that as much. There were times where, you know, especially somebody outside of the family who would perceive that I was Hispanic and would start speaking to me in Spanish. And if I was speaking back to them in English, there was sort of that like, well, why don't you speak Spanish kind of thing. Um, so I think that like a lot of the feeling of separation sort of came from that because I was like, well, I am Hispanic. This is my culture. And yet I'm kind of being called out because I can't like I'm I don't feel comfortable trying to speak in Spanish because I'm I'm worried my Spanish isn't good enough. Um, but then I think it really intensified meeting my husband. And now we're spending time in Mexico. And now at his family gatherings, it very much is you're hearing Spanish around you like there is there are conversations that are only happening in Spanish and to kind of step in and speak English then would be odd. And so there is that like for sure there's been that feeling where like I'm kind of part of this conversation but I'm too self-conscious to really try to take part in it and and be an active like per participant in the conversation um which is something I'm I'm trying to change now but I think I think I felt that more in those situations where it's a little not that it's not acceptable to speak English, but nobody else is doing it. So it feels weird to, you know, step into a conversation. Um, for sure, I felt more of the separation there. Wow. You know, I think that's really interesting in how you basically shared, you know, when you were younger, there was plenty of opportunities to use your Spanish. But because so many people spoke English as well, there wasn't that real need. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And now you're older and you're in a situation where like there is a need, but you didn't build that confidence in using mm -hmm. it when you were younger. And so you're having to develop that as an adult. And, yeah. you know, one thing that I found <laughs> in language learning that works against us adults that kids don't have is we have a major fear of like messing up, like right. not saying things right. Um, so maybe with that, we can lead into you know, what has been your challenges that you've had as you've been trying to develop as a Spanish speaker yourself um, yeah. over this past few years? So that is the number one thing for me is not having the confidence to use the Spanish that I know. And you have to, like, I can know it. I can understand it. I watch, I watch shows that are in Spanish and I can follow them. Um, but if I'm not actually using it and making mistakes and learning from it, I'm never going to really be able to communicate, obviously, like you have to speak it. Um, and so that has my entire life, like I, I had that self-conscious feeling even as a child. Um, maybe if, if I had learned Spanish, you know, from birth, of course, I wouldn't have had it then. 
but even as a young kid, I did feel self-conscious because I felt like I'm going to make a mistake. So I'm just not going to say anything because I'm not going to say it right. Um, and then I realized just this past year, um, because I have been working on this so much because my, you know, my daughter was in a Spanish immersion school um, a few days a week, which made me feel like, you know, yes, this like the Spanish thing is going to be handled. She's getting this immersive experience. This is great. And then COVID hit and we decided um, because my parents were in our, you know, bubble and we, we wanted to minimize all risks. So she's been at home with us. And so then it became like, well, how do we step it up at home? And part of it for me was going to have to be getting over this fear of making mistakes. She was going to have to see me speaking Spanish. Um, but yeah, that's it. And, and so because of that, I realized that my, my definition just in my head of, of being a fluent Spanish speaker has been native Spanish speaker, because that's what I've been surrounded by are people that are native speakers. So to me, I've always said like, well, I'm not, I'm not really fluent. My Spanish isn't very good. Like I've always felt like I'm, it's not good enough to really use it because it's not at this fluency level, which I see as a native speaker. And I was having this conversation with my husband about this. And he was like, well, he was like, I'm not a native speaker. And I was like, well, that's true. Like he's not, he lived here, even though he grew up speaking both languages and he's hundred percent fluent. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't think I sound like a native speaker. And, and he was like, you know, there's no, he's like, there's no way you can ever reach that. You weren't born there. <laughs> like, you weren't born in Mexico. And so um, like, there's been a lot of that this year with these, these sort of realizations that I, like I was setting the bar impossibly high because I can't be a native speaker. Um, and so I think having these realizations has helped a lot and it's helped me start to, uh, well, I have, we've, we've been using Spanish in our house quite a bit, um, but to get over, you know, this fear of making mistakes. Um, that coupled with the fact that I also realized, you know, when I um, am talking to somebody who learned English, you know, as their second language and they make mistakes, like, I never think anything of that. You know, in fact, it's quite the opposite. I always think like, gosh, if my Spanish was as good as their English, I would be so happy. I would be, you know, so I never think anything of it. I think accents sound amazing. And I love the sound of English being spoken with an accent. And so it's, it's sort of realizing that I've just um, been unnecessarily hard on myself about Spanish and that um, people probably aren't really giving it a thought if I make a mistake, because I know I don't when I hear someone make a mistake in English. So. Um, yeah, so confidence for me has been number one, my, my absolute number one problem with speaking Spanish. You know, I love what you said about basically, it was about like a mental shift, right? It's about changing yeah. your thinking about not just how to give your language to your daughter, but also how to allow you to bloom and grow in that language yourself. Right. Um, so times, So many times when we're trying to learn something new, particularly something that is for the long haul, Language learning is not to just be, you know, a semester course done, check the box, move on. Um, but you have to change your thinking that way. And I think what a beautiful COVID success story um, of parents in the midst of huge challenges, you feeling like you had checked that box off by having that language immersion school for your daughter and realizing that you <laughs> needed to create a language immersive home, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she yeah, could get that. Yeah, and we had to, I mean, we've always really pushed Spanish. And I think even though my, my husband is like very active participant in this, 
it's definitely been me that's like, I'm researching the books, I'm getting the materials, I'm like, I'm pushing it so hard because I know what it's like to not grow up knowing a language, whereas he grew up just knowing it. And so I've been like the primary driver. And so we did a lot at home, um, but I, I just felt like, well, if, if, we're, if there are any gaps, if there's anything I'm missing, school's gonna take care of that because they're gonna speak to her in Spanish the entire time she's there. Um, yeah, and then losing that was just like, like now what, now how, like how are we gonna make this happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that because yeah. I've been so impressed talking to you. Obviously, you found our program um, during this time, but tell me a little bit more about what you're doing to make this a fun experience for your daughter at home to make this second language something that she's learning to love. Can you give some specific strategies and tips that you have? You know, I, my background is in marketing. Um, and so the kind of the way that I have approached a lot of things as a parent, including like eating vegetables and <laughs> like all these things I really want for her is that I, I have to um, market it to her. So like, how do you sell speaking Spanish to a, you know, she's almost four now. Um, how do I get her buy-in? Because the, the thing that I've noticed is, um, you know, there are these different methods of teaching Spanish that they talk about, like, you know, one language, one parent, or speaking at a particular time. And they say that one language, one parent is like the top, you know, like that's gonna be the most effective way. Um, it doesn't really work in our household. For one thing, I'm not entirely fluent. So um, I can't always translate something perfectly back to her. Um, my husband is, is bilingual, but he's English dominant. And so just with our family dynamic, like it just doesn't work. So to me, I, I felt like, okay, the second best thing is that we're going to make Spanish the fun language in our household. So um, we get like the Hola Amigo box and now we just subscribe, but we haven't gotten it to um, Lelu, which is Spanish steam box. Um, so she's getting these things that arrive like in the mail. Um, there's a highlights for children, uh, bilingual um, subscription. She gets that in the mail. Um, I've tried to even out our library. I realize we have, so I'm, I'm a huge children's books fan. Like that's my, <laughs> that's like my kryptonite. I buy way too many children's books. Um, but I realized we had so many more English than Spanish books. And I was like, well, if we're trying to show her that Spanish is important and Spanish is this great fun thing she needs to know, then those should really be evened out. So that's been my new goal is to try to, you know, buy more books in Spanish so that we even out our library. Um, we do lots of other things too, like in the mornings, we try to only speak Spanish. And if she, if she says a full sentence in Spanish, she gets a sticker for that, which she's really like, she's really into stickers, you know, being four. So um, that's really exciting for her. And we did have a rule for a while, but we, we've, we've kind of forgotten about it where she can speak English. Like we're not ever going to force her. Um, but if she catches one of us, like her father or I speaking English, then um, she gets a sticker for that too, for catching us, which I think we need to reinstate because she really enjoyed it when we were doing that. <laughs> you know? I think that is so fun. It is like yeah. catch the parents. What kid wouldn't love that? And right. I just, you know, I love all your strategies. Like you're really thinking of like the psychology behind it. Like what would motivate my child? And so often, particularly yeah. like people ask the question, how do you get your kids to speak back in Spanish? And you mentioned those things. Are there any other things that you've done that you feel like has helped her 
start producing more of the language for you? Um, those are the big ones, I think. And, and I noticed a huge shift when we started doing that, when we started doing um, the stickers and the Spanish morning, where now she'll try to say things all the time in Spanish. And she'll ask, like, she'll start saying the sentence. And if she doesn't know something, she'll ask us. Um, so that was really huge. We do a lot of like games in Spanish, um, basically all the fun stuff. And, and I did this one course called um, Bilinguify, which um, the woman who created it um, does Soul Bookbox, which is a Spanish book subscription service. And she had said in her, um, in her course, she was like, you know, a lot of times Spanish speaking parents, if they're if they're getting on to their child in public, they'll switch to Spanish so that other people can't hear them, you know, disciplining their child and basically like, you cut, cut this out or whatever, like we're gonna leave the store. Um, and she was like, don't do that. She was like, don't switch to Spanish. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And so now that's another thing we do is that if I'm speaking Spanish to her and there's something she's doing and I need her to stop because it's dangerous or whatever, I'll switch to English. Like English for me is like, that's gonna be the business language, the, you know, not that we never have fun in English, but um, if we're doing something in Spanish and something serious needs to be said, I will switch to English just because that's, I, I wanna have the opposite effect. Um, yeah. I love that, <laughs> I love that, right? Because people um, were drawn to do what we like, right? That's fun. So you're creating an environment that doesn't feel like school. It doesn't feel like you're sitting down and making her do work to learn Spanish. Right. It's like quality time that she gets with her mom. And so when it's in Spanish, like I now like Spanish, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and one now, more. I, oh, I yeah. gotta tell you one more before I forget, because this one's been so big. I can't believe it. Um, Mi casa es tu casa. So um, Spanish um, music classes that we have done since she was eight months old. Um, and now of course they're on Zoom. So, which is actually kind of cool because that means that anybody can do them from anywhere. Um, and they've done a fantastic job with their Zoom classes. You know, at first I was sort of like, I don't know, like, you know, Maya was three at the time. I was like, I don't know how this is gonna translate for her because she's used to in-person and I'm not sure about adding screen time, which we try to be really careful about. Um, but it, she's, Laura has done an amazing job with those. and having like songs that they're singing in Spanish about things like days of the week and things like manners, like the way you would say like, I'm sorry and thank you and all of these things. And it's, it's in a song, which makes it really easy to remember. And so that's something else we'll do sometimes when we're around the house. If she's like, oh, this was an accident and I'll start like singing one of the songs that says fue un accidente, um, just to kind of reinforce that. So that's another super fun thing that I think has been amazing. And um, Laura has been an amazing resource and somebody that Maya really looks up to, which is another, a whole other thing we can get into is like building that yes. community of Spanish speakers. Of people who you look up to speak the language. And right. I love that you brought that up because um, we actually personally visited um, Tu Casa Es Mi Casa in Austin, did an amazing event with her. And um, she has what my passion is, which is music. And just oh. as you said, my like background is in marketing. And these are the strengths that I bring because I have this marketing mind. Um, for me as a parent, my background is in music, right? And so I yeah. started creating songs that would be like good memory stickers for the new phrases that we'd be learning. 
Um, it's one of the things that I share in our program. And I love that every parent, I think sometimes we look at another parent and go like, wow, you know, April, she's so good. She, you know, finds all these different materials and is getting the different books and she loves to research and things like that. But every parent has strengths mm -hmm. that they bring to teaching their kid a second language. And we all do a little different, but we have those strengths that right. way that we can use um, for our kids, so. And that's the tricky thing I think is that there's no, like all I really wanted is for somebody just to tell me how, like just tell me, how do I make sure that she's fluent? What do I, like, what are the boxes that I need to check? And it just doesn't exist because like you said, like we, we all come to this with different backgrounds. We come to it with different strengths. Um, different family makeups, different goals for Spanish. I've, I've looked at programs that are supposed to teach Spanish. And for us, because we've been doing so much Spanish, Maya knows all of those things, you know, but then I can't find one that's quite on her level. And so it has just been sort of piecing it together, which um, can also make you feel really insecure because the whole time you're like, am I doing it right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, know we do we always wonder and um I think the thing that's important and what I see you doing is you just keep on taking baby steps right, right. um you just keep on building on the next thing and um you improve you're modeling it you're being a good example for your kids um and I love um how you're doing that so let's talk a little bit about one of those ways in which you're being a good example um and this is the family language exchange program that you've been a part of. It's what um, Learn With Me Languages leads right now. Tell me about your experience. What has that done that's different for you in all of these different language learning things that has helped you and Maya? So um, getting back to what you were talking about, about creating the need, um, that's been something that I've learned about fairly recently. And when I did it, it clicked because exactly because of my experience, because I never really had that need to speak it when I was young. And so I thought, okay, well, how do we create that need? Um, which is a really difficult thing to do because even when she was in Spanish immersion classes, they're not forcing the children to speak English. I mean, to speak Spanish. I mean, that would be a surefire way to make them hate the language for one thing. Um, so I was like, so how do you do this? And how do you do this during COVID? <laughs> or like, where, you know, as a family, we were, were taking this very seriously. We were staying home. Um, and that was when I learned about the language exchange. And the thing that really made me excited, I mean, for one thing, I, I wanted to connect with another parent um, in Mexico who was speaking my target language. Um, but even though we had sort of built this community of Spanish speakers for Maya, there were no children in it. And I thought, well, that would be a really amazing thing if she could connect with a child who is a native speaker um, and start kind of forming that relationship with them. So um, that was what, what really got me excited about it. Um, and then the potential of maybe being able to see them one day, like travel there and like, you know. <laughs> I know we all hope for, uh, you know, we had yeah. pen pals when we were younger. What if we had a pen pal that like we could actually meet in person, you know, you could yeah. learn about them and their country and, you know, what a better way, is there a better way to be able to excite someone about learning a language than actually using that language with someone who that's their native language, yeah. right? In their exactly. country. Um, well, tell me a little bit about your partner family, what yeah. you've done with them, um, how that has gone. 
Yeah, so um, our partners are Yasmin and Edwa, and um, their understanding of the target language is very similar. Like he has a very solid understanding of English and Yasmin is looking for ways for him to speak more English, like actually use it more. And you know, same thing here, like Maya has very good understanding of Spanish and we're just looking for ways um, to encourage her to speak it more. And um, Yasmin has, um, she, she does tutoring for kids, I guess, around the world because it's over Zoom who want to learn Spanish. Um, and so she's already really good with, with talking to and working with kids and that sort of thing. And so um, the kids, you know, will chat for a while. Sometimes it's, you know, it's kind of all, all over the board, like what's going on in your room and like, what is that? And like pointing to, you know, something happening in our room. Uh, one of their favorite things to do is to play memory games. So Yasmin has created these slides and, you know, they, I guess they're like little squares that cover everything up and then the kids can like pick. And I don't know what it is about memory games, but we have to do one every call because they're like requesting it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's been amazing. Um, the other really funny thing is that, you know, we'll, we'll have the kids on and we're, we're getting the kids and they're interacting. A lot of times it doesn't even require us to like step in and do anything they're just interacting with each other um, and then at the end we try to have time where she and I can just talk and so um, we've we've done it where she speaks to me in English and I speak back to her in Spanish which is kind of cool because again it's like the opposite dynamic of what I was used to doing my whole life so um, so that's been really neat and the funny thing is is that now Maya doesn't want to leave the room even when it's just she and I talking like she wants to stay there she wants to have these conversations and she's speaking Spanish to Yasmin. So um, that's been really cool to see is that like she wants to participate even in what I'm learning. And then the really like when I said it's, it's uncanny how similar we are, I had recently started thinking, okay, like Maya has shown a lot of interest in reading and um, I don't want to just show her how to read in English. I want her to be able to read in Spanish too. So now how do I, how do I do this? You know, this new um, <laughs> this new thing in front of me, because I, I obviously have never taught a child to read in English, let alone in Spanish. Um, and so I started kind of gathering resources and reading a lot and figuring out how we were going to approach this. And then that very week that we were on the language exchange, Yasmin said, she's like, you know, I really want to start doing more reading with Edwa. And like, what if I could help Maya learn to read in Spanish and you could help Edwa learn to read in English? And I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Um, so now we've, we've just started doing that, but it's been really good so far. Um, there are, so my approach with Maya has been like each week, we're going to do a new set of syllables like mame, mi, mo, mu. And then we went on to pape, pi, pu, pu. And so we're, we're doing that and starting to use syllables to build words. And Yasmin had this, um, activity prepared where it was picking out which syllable was missing in like a four syllable word. And these were syllables we hadn't worked on before. And Maya was able to do it. And I had no, like, I was amazed, like, we've never worked on it. I was amazed. And I, I didn't know that she knew how to do it. And I wouldn't have known, because I'm just following this other approach. I would not have known that had I not, you know, had we not had this family exchange. I love yeah. what you just shared, because <laughs> it's not just like an educational experience for your child. This is really a way to learn the language as a family, right? Yeah. And it's so fascinating to me to hear you talk about here, Maya is coming over wanting to be a part of your conversation. 
and you're having like this language immersion experience in the middle of your living room, right? In the middle of COVID, you know, you don't have to be in another country, but you're having this language immersion experience. And, you know, some people may not have the money to travel or they may not, you know, be able to travel right now with COVID Mm -hmm. or um, the time, but you can get that in your home, which is, is really powerful that way. Yeah, and even, you know, even when you can travel, you can't go to a country for a couple weeks a year and like you can i mean it's great like you'll get that immersive experience of course your spanish is going to get better but then you know the other 50 weeks of the year you're not there so <laughs> like it's also just a really great way to keep that going you know once you you know i mean some people are traveling um once we're comfortable traveling um to have that year round is yeah. really important well and to have a relationship with someone and like yeah. relationship it's like give and take right Do you feel inspired at all that you want to make more connections with native speakers in your community from doing this this past year? Do you feel like, man, when COVID, like when things kind of lift up, I see myself going into my community and taking these skills and using them. For sure. Um, Yeah, and we had already, we had started to do that somewhat, but like I said, we we were missing like the children aspect of that. And so, um, I have my friend that I'm actually hoping to connect you with, but she um, helps families with young children. She helps the family and the young children learn English before they um, the, the children enter kindergarten, which makes such a huge difference in their educational outcomes. And so um, I've like, yeah, I'm, I'm already like hatching plans, like, okay, we need to be there more often. Like we need to form these connections and that way she'll have other children that are native speakers and by the same token, they'll have a friend here who is an English speaker, which is only going to help their English and, you know, help that family, um, you know, as they, as their children enter kindergarten and beyond. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about doing it on the local level, world level. It's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that you've been inspired and made progress in your home. It now will create ripples into your community. And you're touching a life of another family in Mexico. And so really there's ripples that are continuing throughout the world um, by what you're doing in your home with Maya. So that's awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add today, April? Like if you were to just, okay, we have a parent maybe who's struggling with trying to teach their child Spanish. Um, Maybe they don't feel that confidence that you feel. What words of advice or are, are there some strategies or tips that you would um, encourage them with? Yeah, so I think there's two things. Um, the first one is that each time I've gotten really discouraged and felt like I just, I need somebody just to tell me what to do, like show me how to do this. Um, I think what I've realized is that like every bit counts. So, you know, if we have a morning where we're supposed to be speaking Spanish and the whole thing kind of falls apart and it ends up in English, and then I'm feeling like, oh, like we're not doing it. Like we're supposed to be only in Spanish and we didn't do it this morning. Like it just, it doesn't matter. Like just let it go, start again the next day. And also just the idea that, you know, any little bit of Spanish that you're giving them is making them that much more fluent. So, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no test at the end of this that we're like trying to pass. It doesn't like all that matters are like, are we giving her more words? Are we making it fun? Um, every, like, every, every bit counts and every bit helps. Um, and then the other thing is that one of the other shifts for me came um, this year when I was 
you know, I'm trying to use Spanish more. And if I, if I know how to say something in Spanish, then I'm going to say it in Spanish. That's become sort of my um, goal for myself. And so um, I've also told my husband, I'm like, if I say something wrong, you have to tell me, like, do not, do not let me think that I'm saying something. And really, I'm like, I'm making a mistake or something, you have to correct me. Uh, so we have that understanding. And so as we've done this a lot over this past year, I remember um, one time Maya said, she's like, how come you don't always, you don't always say it the way daddy wants you to, meaning like, you know, why am I like, I'm making a mistake, and he's telling me the real, like how to say it better. Um, and I was like, well, I was like, because I'm learning it too. And so I'm going to make mistakes because I'm learning it. And it was at that moment where I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm like, that's really what I need to hear. <laughs> like, like for myself, that's like me sort of trying to parent myself in that moment. Um, but it was, I realized also what an incredible lesson that was for her to learn so young is to see me making mistakes. And so I think that's been a huge part of why I'm more willing to do it is because one, I knew I had to, because that's only the only way we could increase her exposure to the language. And then two, now I, I don't even care when I'm making a mistake. So I'm like, well, she's gonna learn that that's okay. And if she's more willing to make more mistakes as she's learning, then she like her Spanish will far surpass mine, you know, starting at this age and being okay with taking a risk and using it and making mistakes. Um, so like, if you're not fluent, if you're not a native speaker, I would say, don't even, don't even worry about it. <laughs> like, it's, it's more important that they see you taking risks and, and using the language. I love that, you know, more is caught than taught. And I think with language learning, that's one place where all of us, whether we're, you know, already have a lot of the language or we just have a little bit of the language, our example of learning, making mistakes, what a huge difference that can have mm -hmm. on your family. And I just, I want to thank you, April. I admire you in so many ways. I love seeing you as a bridge builder, not just in your, you know, across your heritage, but in your home, the connection that you're making with your daughter in your community. And so um, your efforts, I, they're just awe-inspiring. So thank oh, you for sharing your story. You. Our next episode, we'll be talking to more families who are building bilingual families and um, we'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to discover the magic of connecting with native Spanish speaking families through family language exchange, I'd like to invite you to check out learnwithmelanguages.com. There you can grab a free resource guide on how to get your kids to use Spanish more with a secret weapon I call musical memory stickers. And if you're interested in some of the other awesome resources April mentioned in the interview, check them out in the show notes or go to learnwithmelanguages.com and click on podcast.